0: Well, first off, Dave, welcome, welcome back to MMA. I guess Uh, you know you're back in back in the sport with uh, IMF. Tell us about the role. Uh, tell us about what you've been getting up to and, and what the plan is for you going forward.
1: Well, I think the first thing, Simon, is that uh, welcome back is nice to hear, but I actually never went away. I just had a two-month break. Uh, I've got a place down in Portugal, took two months out, recharged my batteries, and I've been working in the background with IMAP, and with carrot Brown and Denzyme White, helping those guys on some things. And then we formalised that over the last number of months. My role within the organisation is to come in and, and help commercialise IMAP because we need funds to do some of the great work that's currently going on all around the world if we take just the last couple of weekends we had guys down in Cameroon running Cupman courses we had Mark Goddard running a referees course over in Australia you know, we, we've had great work going on and all that needs funding so we, we have to generate cash and one of the ways that we will generate cash will be through our events. What we will put on is our world championships which we've had two years of that running out in Las Vegas. We will be back in Las Vegas in July this year for our third World Championships. And then we want to run our Europeans and run a whole series of continentals Europeans, Asians, Africans, uh, Pan Ams, Oceania. We want to put all that together. And to get into those competitions, you have to enter into your national competitions. And currently we've got 52 full members, 52 full members. Um, of our organisation who are running national championships at this moment in time to help their athletes compete so as they can uh, qualify for the world championships. Going forward, that will be a really great progressive pathway for athletes in the amateur sport to get to the World Championships. So if you think about it this way, if you're somebody, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in Brazil, whether you're down in Australia, and you want to become a World Champion, you'll enter your National Championships and you'll fight for five days during that tournament. You'll have five great fights. You'll then go on to your Regional Championships and you'll fight for five days. You'll then go to the World Championships and you'll fight... So by the time that you become a world champion, you'll have minimum, minimum of 15 fights under your belt. What a great way then to have a stepping stone to enter into the professional ranks. So you have that uh, competitive nature behind you, but you also have the experience. And not everybody wants to go professional. Some of these guys will just remain amateurs and become great champions all around the world. So we want to put on those events We'll do that. Um, this year we'll have our World Championships again, as I said, in, in Las Vegas, but we'll also have a number of other Continentals.
0: And uh, I think, if I'm right, the, uh, the last year's uh, World Championships were being shown on, on UFC Fight Pass. Is that, continu- is, is that going to continue through this year and we're going to see, see those shows still streamed on, on that platform, which is obviously growing massively at the moment?
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that we work very closely with, with the UFC, who are great supporters of what IMAF is trying to do. Um, We will be on Fight Pass for our World Championships and our European Championships Um, and we've got some other events that are coming up that we'll announce um, news around them in the coming weeks and months but definitely what a great platform for all MMA fans all around the world to be able to access our events Uh, it's a lot of coverage, it's five days of eight to nine hours of competitive MMA across 14 different weight classes of which four of them are women's weight classes so great content and great to have UFC as a supporter of all of that.
0: So what's the end game here? Is the end game eventually to have this transitioning towards Olympic status? Is that that kind of like the holy grail for you guys?
1: I think there's a couple of end games. Olympic status is one of the aims of of, uh, IMAF around the sport. The sport needs to be recognised. Um, We've got to apply for different ways of doing that. We want to put governance around the sport. We want to look after the athletes and make sure that their health and safety and everything is governed in that way. We've got many many different projects that we're working on and it's not just the athlete but how do we make these judging courses referees courses cup men courses and just make it a better and more recognized sport so all of our country federations are doing great work on the ground with their governmental agencies with other sport federations and we've got many of our 52 members who are already Uh, affiliated to their olympic council in country Um, we've got some that aren't and we've got to work towards that so the end game is to number one look after the athlete number two grow the sport and make sure that everything around the sport is bona fide and is looked after both from an amateur and a professional uh, standpoint and then thirdly yes the end end game is be and get olympic recognition
0: and uh looking at it on an individual athlete point of view obviously you're you're looking to provide a bit of a talent pipeline into the professional ranks you know you're building a structure there that perhaps wasn't there before it was more like regional promotions giving people the occasional opportunity and working their way up now you're looking to build an actual amateur structure that leads all the way up to a world championship level at amateur which gives you then that 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 strength to then move in into the professional ranks how far away do you think potentially we could be from seeing someone progress through your system at IMF to then become a professional world champion? What sort of timeline are you looking at? Obviously, you know, that's, that's, that's got to be another, another sort of uh, feather in the cap to look forward to in, 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 the, in the years to come.
1: I think there's many different ways and you see it in many different sports about how you become or don't become um, the next world champion. So there are many sports where you take a young kid in football as an example and they get picked up and scouted at 12 years of age and they go all the way through the academy and maybe not make it or maybe then have to go back into the, the amateur leagues before they get picked up again and then make it. So it's in the lap of the gods. We can't put a name or a number on it. But we have many, many athletes already who've come through our two world championships who have then gone on to be professional in many different promotions around the world. And our first athlete's gone into the UFC. We've got an Italian champion who was light heavyweight champion two years ago at our events and has now gone into the UFC. So there's a pathway. That's the most important thing that we will create. We'll give these guys the experience, guys and girls. We'll give them the experience. We'll give them the opportunity. But it's not always the end game for every athlete. There may be recreational athletes, or good amateurs. I always use uh, Katie Taylor as one of the best examples of, you know, she's been in the amateur boxing scene all her career, never took the decision to go professional. That's her decision. But she's still a great champion and is a world champion, but remains an amateur.
0: Yeah, just, just listen to you talk there. got the, the cogs turning in my head. Looking at the progression through from amateur to professional status, is it feasible that potentially further down the line there could be a relationship built with the UFC insofar as maybe one or two sort of are the very best prospects that come out of the World Championship could potentially get a shot in something like the Ultimate Fighter to just ease them in gradually and maybe be a standard bearer for the amateur game moving into the professional ranks?
1: Well, I I don't really know uh, what the UFC's take on that would be. But I, I think what we're creating is the opportunity for an athlete. And I think that that's the most important thing, that it's then their decision what they want to go. You know, Dana has a great program at the moment looking for a fight. You know, which is out there looking for that next fighter, the ultimate fighter. It was one of the is one of the best shows that there is. Finding that new fighter for the UFC, um, you could look at it from our side. Is that all the athletes who are competing in our c- competitions? They're all aiming to be the next Connor or the next Ronda Rousey or the next, you know, the, the next, the next. So not necessarily that it has to be. That they want to turn professional, but what we're creating at, at IMAF is that platform. We're giving them that opportunity, and to do that, you know, we're going to put on amazing events all around the world. We're going to put on amazing events with our country federations. We're putting on these amazing events from an IMAF perspective around the continentals, and we've got many broadcasters who are talking to us who want to ch- show and coverage, to cover those events because it's great content. We've got many sponsors who are knocking on the door who want to be associated with the sport and see the amateur side of the sport as their pathway in as well. So it creates opportunities for everybody and the ultimate thing overall is it grows the sport of MMA which is something that we all want.
0: Absolutely and you talked about governance a little bit earlier and obviously we're talking here in central London just probably about 12 hours or so, uh, or maybe a little bit longer than that, maybe 14 or 15 hours after the uh, historic vote in, in New York that finally passed the sport of MMA into the statute books so we've now got professional mixed martial arts legal across all 50 states in America I think it's going to be like a 120 day period where the rules and regulations are drawn up before an event can actually be held Mm -hmm. but how important is it that Uh, the uh, the sport is now legal across all of America and how valuable is that New York market to the UFC
1: Well, I think that the great thing about last night was that sense prevailed eventually. Um, I listened to the the hearing as well, and I think it's fantastic that the vote went in the right way for for our sport, and there were some great cases made as to why the sport should be legalised in New York. Now we've got that green light going on, and yes, there's some paperwork and different things that have to happen so um, but great news for the United States but I think from our side from IMAP side we've still got work to do around the rest of the world yeah. on that on that basis um, we're standing here in London where an hour and a half train ride away from France yeah. and France will be the next bastion of, of where we've got to help and, and educate a number of people and a number of federations around what the sport is You know, it's not that we want to hide away from anything. We've got nothing to fear. Our job is to educate and then to let everybody have that clear point of view. And everybody has the right to say yes or no. It's their decision. Nobody's forcing anybody to do this. But our work has got to be around educating. And I'm using France as the easiest example because we're up the road. But there are many other places all around the world where there are certain barriers to the sport being legalised. And we've got
0: to work really hard to get that done and uh, obviously you had a very successful tenure with the UFC uh, helping build the brand on this side of the pond over here in Europe looking back at at your stint there how proud are you of of the ground that has been made during that time and and how optimistic are you for the future in terms of the growth of the UFC uh, especially in the UK but uh, across Europe as well well, I think it's across Europe. UK being,
1: you know, where the UFC offices are, so people focus on the UK. But I think the work that has been done by the team in the UK uh, office of the UFC has been nothing short of remarkable. Uh, you know, a very small team of people who've put on some amazing events, and I was very proud to be part of, you know, the, the second biggest event that was ever held and the biggest outside of the US at the time, when we did Stockholm and thirty-five thousand people in the arena. Of bringing the women's title fight to Berlin again, another milestone. But if you look at what they're doing now, and they're breaking into new territories, whether it's Rotterdam or whether it's Zagreb over the coming weeks and months, uh, the team there are doing a superb job. But it's only the tip of the iceberg. You know, they haven't even started. You know, what what, what I did when I was there, alongside Gary Cook, who brought me in. Um, which just opened the door, you know. Now those guys are going through the door, and will keep going and going and going. It's not even started yet.
0: Yeah, no. It's, uh, the sport, you know, the future of the sports looking really bright. You know, with what's happening with IMAC growing the amateur side, the growth of the sport, not just over here, but America is finally broken through across all 50 states. It feels like we're we're sort of breaking barriers all over the world with this sport now and uh, it feels like things are really really kicking on. So excited times ahead I think.
1: Very exciting. I mean if you take it from an IMAF perspective, uh, we're four years formed as an organisation and currently we've got 52 members who have got full affiliation with, the, with our organisation. We've also got 25 other members sitting waiting for full accreditation. It's not that there's anything wrong, we just haven't got it around to yet passing all the different statutes and everything that needs. So in in a year's time, we will have 75 countries who are full members of IMAP, all doing great work on the ground for the sport of MMA. That will lead to the growth of the sport. That will lead to great education, and that will lead to great governance of the sport as well.
0: Great stuff. Well, I hope it all goes really well. Hopefully I'll catch up with you uh, in Vegas for the World Championships. I'll try and get myself over, but it should be fantastic.
1: Look forward to seeing you there, Simon. Thank you. Great
0: stuff.